0: This episode is brought to you by the GSD Academy. This step-by-step business productivity online program will share with you exactly how to shift your mindset, set boundaries, build rock-solid processes, customize your message in order to strategically grow your revenues, and get shit done. Visit AngelaProfit.com slash GSD Academy. Hi, y'all. It's Angela. I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled, and you are in for a treat today because I'm so excited about our guest today. She's an Emmy Award-winning journalist. She's an international speaker, a coach, and the founder of Speak and Influence. And so, ladies, I know those of you that are listening, uh, you want to know all of this because you reach out to me and ask a lot, like, how do you become a woman of influence? And how did you become confident to speak on stage and kind of say whatever you want? And you don't care what people think. Um, I I think that was like my strong-willed dad raising me, but she (laughs) is going to like share all of these amazing things with like how to get there and you can do it. And so it's going to be a little bit of a confidence boost, but I want you to get in the right headspace and quit telling yourself, I could never do that. I can't do it because she's going to share with us the power of your story. So we are talking to each and every one of you individually today. And so I want you to open your mind and be open to doing new things. So get comfortable being uncomfortable. So I want to bring on, she has the coolest name ever, Bofta Yee And welcome to the show. Did I say it right? (laughs) You got it, girl. You got it.
1: Hello, everyone. Hello, Angela. Great to be here.
0: Yay. I'm so excited. So before we jump in and start talking about all the tactics of how powerful each individual person's story can be. Take us back and tell us like, where did you grow up and how have you gotten to where you are today with like all this amazing confidence of being able to be on stage and share the power of your story? How have you gotten here?
1: Thank you. Thank you again for having me, Angela. Man, I'm going to give you guys the short version (laughs) because it's been a journey (laughs) and, and it's like, how much time do you have? You know what I mean? Um, but, but, Honestly, I call it a journey because if you looked at me now and you looked at me back, let's say when I was even 15 or 16, and what I was going through at that time, man, it's like I'm a different person, truly. Mm-hmm. And I think we evolve into different versions of ourselves depending on the season sometimes, depending on the period of our life, depending on what we're going through. And so I am uh, an Ethiopian, Ethiopian American. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Maryland and my parents migrated from Ethiopia. And I always say they're very much part of my story, of course, not just because they're my parents, but because I think migration is huge. And they came to this country really hoping for an education and just planned on Angela going back to Ethiopia. I mean, that was the plan really? come for your education and just go back. But okay. there were human rights violations that were happening at that time in Ethiopia. So their parents said, just stay a little longer. Well, that Mm. turned into years and years and years. (laughs) (laughs) And other family members came over. And so our home was like a rock for many um, of our family members who now have kids of their own and have expanded into their own careers and beautiful trajectories. And so I would be remiss if I didn't start my story by just mentioning that, because I think it's huge when you see your parents you know, even no matter what they were going through, you still find a way to give back and to help family members who needed it.
0: How did you gain the confidence to become a speaker, public speaker? How did you gain the confidence? Like, do you remember the first time you were on TV? Like, totally. I tried to avoid it. Do you know that? I got the job and then tried to avoid it. Okay. Tell us like what happened. (laughs) Okay.
1: So (laughs) So it's just so many crazy I can tell you a million <laughs> stories I'm telling you um look, what happened was i I got this job after I had sent out let me tell you this about this is this is something that stayed with me is that I'm a persistent person so mm-hmm. when I was applying for jobs, I applied to more than 100 TV stations around the country trying to get my foot in the door because I didn't wow. have connections or know anyone so i I was. Really feeling like wow I'm feeling dejected. I'm not really getting responses. Maybe I need to go to grad school, you know, so I'm thinking of all these other options, maybe do another internship, do another internship for free. It was doing all these things and I had graduated and I had traveled and I'd come back and now I was applying and it just wasn't landing. So of course I had to be self aware to say well maybe I need to up my skills who knows? I mean, there weren't a lot of people with different sounding names either. You know, we we really was a different time. And I'm not trying to date myself here, but it was like 2005, six, seven more so than 2019. Right. So it's different different landscape. There was less diversity on air even. Mm -hmm. And so I remember applying to all of these different TV stations and not hearing anything, like literally hearing silence. Sometimes I'd get a letter saying, you know, not right now. And so I decided to do that extra free internship. So I traveled like two hours, twice a week, once a week during the summertime, doing this internship at a small station. And, And let me just say this for those of you who may not have a friend in broadcast. So typically when you start now, and if you're doing boots on the ground, I'm talking about Reporting, not not an analyst, but an actual news reporter. Enough against analyst. Just explaining a little bit different trek here. Typically, you go to a small town. You start out. You don't get paid much at all. And oftentimes, you carry your own camera and you edit your own. Story, what? Still are live at five p.m. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a little insight there. So. So I'm gunning for these jobs and not hearing anything. Okay. So you can imagine what that did to my self-esteem, right? So Uh here I am trying to stay up as I'm applying to these different places. So I said to myself, you know what, Uh, let me do this extra internship. Maybe I will get in the door that way, like internship straight into the job, about two hours away from my house. So I I ended up doing that for a summer. The news director ended up leaving, but here's how things work when you're persistent. This is why I say you just never know. The Mm -hmm. anchor there said, you know, I see you working hard. I see you doing your thing. Would you be willing to move to Georgia? I started my first job there. She connected me with her old boss in Georgia. And he's like, I don't have any, his name was Calvin. He was like, Calvin's like, I don't have any jobs right now, but if it does, I'll let you know. And I said, okay. And so I called him up. And then I said, you know, I'm actually the, going to be visiting a friend in Atlanta soon would it be okay if I stopped by the station because here's what I was thinking Angela if I could just Mm -hmm. meet him Mm -hmm. that would be at the top of the list because even for those small jobs there's like 200 people applying yep and so I did that I like literally made up that I was visiting a friend rented a car there (laughs) drove to Atlanta Georgia I love it meanwhile I'm working side hustles I don't have like I'm not you know rolling the dough here right so I'm driving to Georgia, driving to from Atlanta to a small town called Dalton. And about several months later, he ended up having an opening. I met him that day. Several months later, he had an opening, and then I—that's when I actually packed my Honda and drove to Dalton, Georgia, and had my first job there.
0: Oh my gosh! That so we me, me at that's the awesome. White House now. <laughs> I'm like,
1: you don't know where I started. You know what I'm saying? It's been a journey. Yep. <laughs> it's been yep. a journey. So, so I do say that. Persistence matters. Persistence matters in careers and it goes a long way in business as well. And that's that experience in itself, Angela, is how I knew if I decided to do a business, I'm still going to be okay because I will be persistent, meaning I will be persistent and figure it out, even if it's a outlier way to do it. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? A little bit not very traditional. And so that was my first job. And then I kept moving up, I worked for ABC and CBS and kept moving up the ladder and really worked on my stories, eventually no longer shooting and editing my own stuff, had my own videographer, you know, all of those good Mm -hmm. things coming along the the way. And, and so it really has been, man, so many different transformational moments throughout my, my career and also, you know, of course business as well. And, and I've enjoyed it. And it's been so much growth, you know, so much mm-hmm. growth. So that's a bit of my bit of my story there. I hope you guys I learned enjoying like it. it. Those of you, maybe you're driving or <laughs> hanging out at home, you know, petting your dog like I do, you know, just sitting there on the couch. That's what I do when I listen to podcasts.
0: At my oh, so what kind of dog do you have?
1: Oh, he is a character. He is a poodle mix he's a rescue I got him when he was two mm. now I call him an old man because he's six but <laughs> <laughs> and he's 10 pounds and getting fatter so I'm trying to you know he's 10 pounds but he's small so you know every pound matters now uh-huh. um, because it's not good for their little legs and so it's not. yeah so he's I got him at seven and a half he was a little bit too small too skinny we you know got him some food of course nutrition and so forth
0: uh-huh
1: happy at eight pounds, Angela. Now this guy is like 11. I'm like, man, you got to lose some weight, buddy. And Aww. he's just so cute, but he's cute. If you guys are on my Instagram, uh, both you mom, then you'll see him. Cause I give him cameos, give him shout outs.
0: <laughs> you'll have to. Okay. We'll totally put it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, just look for shadow. Don't pay attention to me. Please look for shadow. Oh, <laughs> I anyway, I digress, I digress. I digress. I digress. I digress. <laughs> I'm so. No, sorry. I'm a dog. I'm a dog person too. So this one, like, what kind of dog is it? Like, i bet our dogs kind of. have multi-poos and one is much more like poodle like, and then the other one's like Maltese like. Mm. Um, and but they're like almost eleven. But I mean, I've had them, you know, all their life, oh, and so it's I'm like the older look. they get. Yeah, oh they. God. I'm just like I know every Your pound IG? matters and now they have to have like little steps to like get up on the couch and get up on the bed. Yeah, you know, mine too. They're getting older. Yeah. So I totally get it. But anyway. I just stalked
1: get- you on IG to see them. They're so cute. The white <laughs> one looks like my, could be my dog's twin.
0: Aww, so it, oh, I bet yeah. there's like some Maltese in it.
1: <laughs> you know, it could be, we kind of joke and say it probably is. He Since he was a rescue, you know, we won't ever know, but we think his face is a little Maltese, so Maltese—that's what I call so it. So
0: cute, so yes. cute. We let if you're if you're a dog mom, you'll you'll totally get it uh, with with our dogs here. So I love it. So yes. when was the first time? So okay, so you got on TV, which I'm sure really did help, like boost your confidence. But as we were talking before we started to record, just like about rude people and, and, uh, trolls and and things like that. How do you like go on stage and go on TV? And like, are there some things that people can do who want to do some of these things? You know, guys, listen, ladies, being aggressive is not a bad thing when you're a woman and being persistent means results to me. At least Mm -hmm. that's what I, that's what I think of. Mm -hmm. And so what are some just like headspace things like, you know how some people are like, I do 10 push push-ups, or like I do the power pose in the mirror before I go on. Like, is there anything that you do to like, make sure that you deliver your message? Like when you're going on stage or when you're going on TV? Yes. Well, here's what I'll say. TV and
1: stage are very different. Some, somebody can be fantastic on TV and then be on stage and oh. see the audience and shrink. So just want to say that the camera is, completely different than a room full of eyeballs staring back at you, in my Interesting. opinion.
0: Yes. No, that is so, in- yes, yes. Totally and there are a agree. lot
1: of broadcasters who do not speak on stages. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they'll do it, you know, here and there because they're part of a community, but they're not yeah. regularly doing it Um and, and and for a variety of reasons, right? Um, but so one thing I'll say is they, they are different. So think of them as different mediums, but either one, what you do need to do is slow down. I would say that's the biggest mistake people make on either. So whether it's a stage or TV, is really slow focusing down. on slowing down. And here's what we like in confident speakers and confident broadcasters, If you, either one or if you're being interviewed even on TV, we like cool, calm, and confident. Um, we are attracted to it because when somebody speaks slowly, we can digest their message. When somebody mm-hmm. speaks too fast, we are so busy trying to keep up and figure out what, well, what did he just say? So let the message sit with people, which goes back to what is your message? And are you confident in that message? So for most people, I imagine your audience are looking probably if they're in business or coaches, service providers out there are looking potentially to be on stages. Here's what I'll say, whether it's virtual and you're at a virtual conference staring through it to your camera, it's on Zoom or what have you, or if it's when things open up in person and it's in front of thousands of people again at some point or hundreds of people Either one, you want to get practice in with your message. And you have the luxury of knowing, unlike TV, which you're doing a lot of ad-libbing in, in the sense of, you know, you may not know the question somebody might ask you as much. Well, stage, you can really prepare. That's going to help mm-hmm. you be more confident on TV as well. But for most people, I imagine your audience being on virtual stages and, and in-person speaking opportunities are really ways where they're looking to, to grow right now and mm-hmm. so know that we didn't start out confident so you hear me now and i'm very confident but like i said like that when i got to that first job in georgia i was more than willing to just carry the camera and mm-hmm. you know edit and be behind the scenes because it's way more comfortable and mm-hmm. i'm like when are you gonna get on tv and when are you gonna i'll do it i'll do it so i waited like a week before i, I actually was on air and then i The more practice and reps you get, the easier it's going to be. That's why I tell people, Angela, and you've seen this too, get on podcasts, share your story, get out there because the more you practice it, the more you get out there and get comfortable with answering questions, the easier it's going to be for you no matter what platform you're on. And so you want to get comfortable with sharing different pieces of your story, which then gets to, well, both to how do I determine what pieces of my story the ones that people want to hear. So you've got to go back to what value you're giving your audience and knowing your audience and letting that drive you because it's a disservice for so many of you to not share what you've gone through because it could benefit someone out there.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. And it's funny, people will say, how do you know what to say? And like, I'm not even going to pretend, but in the beginning, like I I hired a coach, like I hired Mm -hmm. a speaking coach, And while I guess like one thing that my speaking coach told me, and Mm -hmm. it really helped me is that whenever I am speaking to a camera, which that's how it started first, just like doing a video tip series Mm -hmm. um, to pretend as though I was just speaking to a friend, like just having a conversation Mm -hmm. now, you know, back in the first two years, like there, there, I didn't plan the content with strategy it was the way he edited it which I learned that later <laughs> mm-hmm. and so he was like I just want you to talk I just want to let's have a conversation and that got me comfortable with the with a camera being in front of my face and so then when I started to speak he was like the same thing he's like just as though we are having a conversation mm-hmm. and then and then I was coached on how to make sure that you have actionable items. Because in the beginning, like I would just go up there and talk, which isn't always the best thing because I'd have people say, well, you're very entertaining, but I didn't follow anything that you said. What do you do? Yeah, <laughs> you, like, need,
1: you, need yes. <laughs> you need structure and framework. Yes. You need structure and framework and and a clear message. Of, I always tell people, think about the destination, Angela. And I think that's probably where you were working on is what's the destination like where are you taking them why should they listen what's the final destination you know um in terms of the talk and so i always tell people if you're getting on a plane and you're going to california and there's three stops along the way tell people the three stops right you usually know where you're going to have a layover Mm -hmm. it's the same thing with the talk the destination might be california so you're showing you're sharing your three boom, boom, boom ways to get to a million bucks or to scale or whatever your topic might be out there, that's the destination. We'll tell them the three ways to get there, right? To tell them I the little stops along the way. And when I say that, people usually visually think, oh, right, I need to tell them, kind of tell them the street signs, so to speak, you know, tell them the places that they need to, to stop at to get to the final destination um, and visit, right? So just a little bit of an analogy there, but I think everyone gets the point where, you know, you, we all love to talk sometimes and entertain, but it's different when you're speaking in front of a room and you're a keynote speaker and they're expecting mm-hmm. you to deliver tangible tangible things, things they can walk away with and now implement. It's different. And that's different from a motivational speaker too. Um, you know, a motivational speaker is a okay, I'm going to inspire you. I'm going to motivate you. You got to do this. You got to do that. A keynote's really giving you real, I feel like actionable Mm -hmm. things for you to then actually go do as part of like educating you.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. that's And I've never really thought about it, but it's Mm -hmm. so funny because when people reach out, It actually like I don't do when they're like, can you come and motivate our audience and like be mo? And I'm like, what? I'm not a motivational like. That's not what I do. Which then led me to understand, oh, I'm not clear on my website, like what exactly I am speaking about. You know, which then led us to like, okay, what are the you know? So you you have a keynote, you can have a signature. And then you can have more like of a panel thing. But if it doesn't, this is what my speaking coach told me. He's like, if it doesn't have to do with these three things, the answer is no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that is confusing to consumers. If they come and ask you, like, we used to plan a lot of weddings and events. We don't really do that anymore. Like that was years ago. And while I do coach and consult a lot of people in the creative industry, it doesn't make sense to go out there and talk about planning a wedding when I'm over here doing productivity consulting. Right. So what are your thoughts on, you know, that saying like all media is good media, you know, good or bad or blah? Like what are your thoughts on that? Because I know one, one thing that you specifically talk about is like the impact of visibility on your business And so if people are so wanting to speak, but they're being invited to speak on something that they really aren't passionate about, or they're not doing anymore, like how can you like turn that around or pitch people differently? Like, sure, because the impact of visibility is, is everything on business in my opinion. So talk to us about that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a great point that you brought up, Angela, even
1: your own experiences with that. So let me say this. Most people aren't being hounded to get on the stage, right? (laughs) Most people have to do some type of outreach or they have to work on their presence online, which I tell people, we live in a 360 world now. So Mm -hmm. people land on stages because of who they are online. Back in the day, that's not how it worked because online wasn't as huge. But right now your online presence matters so much because it can be leveraged. And whether you, and I say people, you don't have to be on all 20 million platforms, just pick one or two where your people are at, where you're the audience you want to reach, right? So at the beginning, here's what I would tell somebody, most people need practice. So you should get on stages, even if it's not exactly what your expertise is in, make it your expertise, like make the topic your expertise, but tell the event organizer, here's what I'd love to jam on. What do you think? I could mm-hmm. relate it to what your, let's say it's about women's empowerment in business and you do, I don't know, productivity. Let's, you know, you, okay, well, I can talk about productivity within business to help you grow within your first three years, right? Mm-hmm. So you take something and has a lot of experience, probably now speaking, but for those of you who don't take, Listen to what their their theme, their conference theme is about, and ask yourself before you say no. If you need experience speaking, definitely just get out there. The other flip side to think about is if you're a service provider, your clients may be in the audience. So while the theme may not be exactly yours, help make it your, you know, craft it so it's part of your theme. Make it work for that audience. Talk to the event organizer, you know, brainstorm with them maybe a little bit. And then present it because when you say no to an event, especially if you're starting out in business, you're really saying no to potential future events too because somebody could Mm -hmm. see you in that room and bring you on. I don't know how many times it's happened to me. Somebody saw me speak two, three years ago, you know, two, three years ago and they randomly email me, but I won't call it random because I'm going to say it's, it's because I was there two, three years ago, right? Or they, they heard me on even a virtual workshop. And they said, you know, I heard you there. Can you come speak to our audience? And so I've done story and messaging and communications from high-level corporate to the beginner business coach at different conferences across the spectrum. But that's because I was willing to craft it to that particular audience, which I don't think enough people do and see the value of. At the beginning, for visibility, get out there. That's what I tell people, like, don't say no, unless it's really something that's horribly not a good fit. And it's not going to feel good in your gut to go, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense at all. But for most people, it's within their playground. They just don't want to steer a little bit and do the work to craft it or to recraft it. So I'll say that for for folks who are within the first couple of years, especially. The Mm -hmm. other thing to think about is how are you packaging and positioning yourself and your story? Your story is not separate from you, it's part of you. That would be like me ignoring 13 years of journalism, right? And that's what I see a lot of people do. Well, now I'm this, so they completely ignore that they were a lawyer for 10 years or that they were in a different industry. How can you read the experiences of the past with who you are today? Mm-hmm. And that's really powerful. And I, I work a lot with language and how you package and position yourself for the stage and for online. What are you saying consistently to your audience, to your point, Angela, that helps them see who you are and what you represent overall?
0: hmm Does that answer your question? Absolutely. I, yes, very powerful stuff. And so for people that don't know how to have structure mm-hmm. and sometimes, ladies, we are just too close to it. Because we think everything is important. <laughs> at least mm-hmm. I used to. I'm like, no, no, no. But that's important. I need to tell them that. But really, it isn't. And so do people hire you to help them prepare for big keynotes? And, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you give them feedback to, like, how to... I look
1: at their keynote. Oh, yes. I look at it and I, I look at their keynote, how they're structuring it. Grab my pen. I'll go through it. Make edits. I'm all in, you know, when it comes to that. So when someone comes to me, and I've had people who even reached out last minute, and I've done private coaching with, um, and, you know, you can always do more when you have time. So time is on your side. If you're not, you know, if you don't have a keynote next week, it's always nice, because time is on your side, you can really think about what do I want to say. So absolutely, they do.
0: So for somebody, is, is there like your favorite, your top, your number one example of how the power of your story specifically has impacted one of your audience members or they became a client? Is there like one story that really sticks out there and you're like, damn, I'm so glad that I am sharing the power of my story to help others? Mm.
1: Oh, I think that, you know, especially with online mediums, you know, I have a Facebook group and and I'm always talking like you, you know, I'm I'm always talking about a story or sharing it. It's hard to say exactly which one, but I can tell you that every time I speak, I walk away with a client may not be in a week, maybe two weeks or three weeks. But I mean, I'm, whenever I speak in person, I'm walking away with clients because I know not, not just, I think the power of speaking, I think people actually know that I'm genuine and authentic and that I mean what I say, you know, and I say what I mean. And you know, that, that statement, but I, I think Mm -hmm. when I'm in a room, especially, I mean, this is a podcast, but when I'm in a room, I think people actually know that I'm rooting for them. You know, I really want people to see the power of it because there's no way I would be at the success metrics that I have now in my business or in life period. I think if I hadn't stepped out and I call it playing bigger, if I hadn't done that. And so at the beginning, everything I tell people to do are things that I actually did. I built my business from the ground up. It was through visibility of speaking on stages because I'd left my full-time career and getting on stages, getting online, becoming visible, studying, of course, business, but at the same time, all of that visibility and messaging work. And so I am really a proponent. I'm thinking like, if you're not Playing bigger and you're not out there, number one, you're forgetting about the value that it brings to the audience. So that's the first thing I would just tell somebody who wants to speak in that structure you mentioned a moment ago. What value are you bringing to the audience? You know, what's going to be most impactful for them? Take yourself out of it and think about the audience you're speaking to. Are they young business owners? Are they event planners? Who, who are they? And that's why speaking to event organizers is one of the most underrated things. Too many people say yes to a speaking engagement and don't do the due diligence to actually talk to the event organizers and figure out, hey, where are they? What's Mm -hmm. the demographic here? Um, You know, what are their pains? What are their challenges? Because now you can really speak to what's happening in that room. And they'll be like, wow, she's in my home or she's in my business. Like that person knows me. It's because that speaker did the due diligence to find out what was really going on for the folks at that event. Mm -hmm. So those are a couple of things to keep in mind for for those who want to step into this. The other thing to think about is what are some of the transformational moments in your life where you truly grew because of what happened? So I had a mental health challenge, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Other people, it might be something else. It doesn't mean we're airing all of our dirty laundry. Let me let me say that because sometimes people will say, well, is that what you mean you want me to do? No, it's thinking about what? would be a value to the audience, what's the reason for you sharing it? You know, Mm -hmm. thinking about is it for validation. We don't want to just share it for validation. We want to share it because it's going to help someone. And so what are some of the transformational moments that you've gone through for your listeners here, Angela, that you've gone through that truly changed who you were? And when you think of it that way, there's not 50 million moments, you know, right. There's just not, there's just not. Right. And then the other things you think about, you know, I work with experts and so experts typically learned quite a bit along the way, right. To get where they are right now. Mm-hmm. And so that's another story that they'd want to throw in there. So I really think of your keynote as like three different stories tied in with a theme or a message.
0: So I know in your Facebook group, cause you mentioned that where you help people really understand the power of speaking and the power of influence. And you have 14 strategic ways to land speaking engagements. So if people want, and we'll put it in the show notes too. So y'all, if you're driving, it's okay. We got you. Um, if people want <laughs> to learn how to, really use their, their, the power of their story, if they want to influence and speak, what's the, can you give us like the first strategy? And then if you guys want to know the other 13, like you need to go just join Facebook group, but, or is there like a top or favorite strategy that you can tell listeners? Oh yeah. Like the easily. first way to start easily. And this is going to shock most people, but I'm like, what you just want me to just, just do that.
1: I don't even know if it's the first thing in the 14 strategic ways. I don't even know if it's the very number one top thing, to be totally honest. I Right now, my mind needs probably a little bit more coffee. But what I will say, <laughs> what I will say is the first thing is, is you need to tell people that you want to speak, meaning you need to literally put out a post Send out a text. Send out an email. I'm look, you know, and, and talk about what you're looking to speak on on your message. I've been so excited about speaking about XYZ. i Z. I'm looking to speak on more stages in the next boom, 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 boom. You know, whatever coming months or weeks or whatever have you. But you need to tell people. Too many people say like, I'm not getting speaking engagements. Are you telling people that you're a speaker, mm-hmm. or are you assuming that they know that you want to talk about this? That's what I talk about playing bigger. It's way more than just speaking. It's really a mindset. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's really a mindset of seeing yourself first as a speaker. So call yourself a speaker, call yourself a speaker, put it out there, put it in your titles, you know, put it out there. And I'm not crazy woo woo, but I'm pretty woo woo in the sense that I do believe the universe backs up our desires with action. So, you, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when I talk about persistence, I truly am somebody about action, but I also say, you know what, put it out there. You've got to put it out there. You know, the universe receives a lot of confused messages from folks. They'll say, people will tell me, say, you know, I want to be a speaker. But at the same time, they'll say, but I'm scared that I might get a troll. You can't have it both ways. Mm-mm. So you got to tell the universe what you really desire. If you desire to be the number one speaker in the world. You got to say it, then back it up with action, but start with just saying, I want to be a speaker. And so you'd be amazed at how many people really come to me and they haven't done that critical piece because that requires a bit of courage. If you don't feel like you have everything else together yet, right? Like a talk or an audience yet, trust that it will come, but start putting your message out there, you know, and, and the rest will come. And I would say that to anyone. And although I help people with, you know, Yes. Crafting your signature story and gaining visibility and leveraging your voice online and on the stage. What I really help people do at the crux of it is work on that confidence piece, because if you want to have impact and spread your message, you got to have some, some serious confidence and courage.
0: I'm over here laughing because a a mentor and a coach that I had years ago, he's like, so you guys just do a bunch of weddings. And I'm like, Well, yeah, I mean, we do, but he's like, well, do you do other things too? Because I mean, for a wedding and is isn't it just like a one-off and I'm like, well, Sometimes, but I mean, we do have returning clients when they get to second and third (laughs) weddings. He's like, but Angela, that is not the kind of repeat business you want. Right. I mean, it's that kind of weird. I'm like, well, I don't make it weird, but you know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, what, why? Like, what?" he's like, so you're just going to do weddings for the rest of your life, like one offs. And you know, at the time I'm like, I don't know what next year holds, you know? Mm -hmm. And so he's like, I want you to think about this differently. He's like, do you do other events? Do you do any type of events? Do you do baby showers? Do you do anniversary parties? Do you do Christmas parties? Do like your clients, a lot of them are entrepreneurs. And it's like, what you put out is usually what you bring back in. And so he was identifying, like, he saw things that I never thought of ever. And I'm like, yeah, I guess like most of our clients, they are entrepreneurial. They do own businesses. I was in healthcare. And so a lot of my first clients, they were all doctors. They were in healthcare. Their kids were getting married. And Mm. so he's like, you got to think bigger. And he's like, so are you doing their, their anniversary parties and their Christmas parties and their open houses? And I'm like, not, no. And he's like, why? Why? you're not telling them you Mm -hmm. they're coming to you to just plan their wedding. And then after that, it's like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It's over. And he's like, you've got to do a better job of telling people that you will, and you want to do these things. He's like, I want you to think about your clients differently. I want you to pick your top 10 favorite clients. And it's great that it's the introductory is a wedding because it's emotional money and they- (laughs) Yeah, they they just give it. I just had a wedding, so. Oh, you did?
1: (laughs) So I'm like, yeah, basically I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. What do you think? Yes, okay,
0: yeah. And I mean, you really lean on that planner. And so he's like, you already build- the respect and the trust and they know that you work for them and not all the vendors and you have their their budget and their money and everything they want at heart so it's the best way in to build a beautiful long-term relationship of handling every personal event this person ever has for life and Mm. so I'm like you know I still wasn't really kidding I'm like what do you mean and he's like Angela have 10 life cycle clients. He's like, that means the wedding, they're probably going to have a kid, maybe have a kid. Then that kid has a birthday. Then they're going to go on trips throughout the year. And he's like, I want them to think of you as any personal event. They come to you, they come to you, but you need to start telling people that. Yeah. And he's like, you so don't have powerful. to tell them. Yeah. He's like, you don't have to tell them in the very beginning, you know, get through the wedding. And then when the wedding afterwards, you can say, Hey, by the way, you know, I know that you have your own practice. And so if, and it just, it was so powerful, like you said to me, because then they're like, oh, well, I didn't know you would do my Christmas party. And oh, I didn't know you would decorate our home for our kid's birthday. And, but it completely changed my business model. Now it took me two years to kind of get out of that. Right. Because, you know, people would book us 15, 18 months out. And, you know, the, it seems like such a long time, but you blink your eyes and holy shit, the date's here. So anybody that is listening, like, I want you to think about these, you just got to think a little bit differently and have an open mind, because it literally changed my life. And instead of running on this hamster wheel of doing over 250 weddings, then we were, yeah, it, 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 I mean, I, he, I I still say today, like he saved my life because I loved what I did, but you can only do it for so many people before like you are run ragged. And so I learned how to focus more and if you just say it out loud, consistency. And that's correct. The, that's the key. That's the key. And the messaging, messaging. right. <laughs> and, that, and I tell people, it's so interesting.
1: I love that story, Angela. Um, it's very powerful because one person can change the way we think and then change our lives, right? But mm-hmm. when I talk to people about crafting your signature talk and your signature story, I tell people that that is now part of the crux of your messaging. So you can take pieces of the talk and it can become social media posts. So everything's not, you know independent. It's all part of you and your message and, and what you put out there. And so you're right. What you, what you put out there matters just incredibly. I, I worked with people who never thought they'd write a book, and when they went through the whole program, and then they crafted their signature story and they played more, you know, bigger and visible, and they leveraged their voice, they decided I wanted to right now write a book or now they wanted to do some other endeavor. And it's powerful because it started from someone just being really scared about putting themselves out there and then realizing, look Angela, if there's anything all of us have realized in the past years, we never know when our time is coming. It's a reminder, Mm. a really big reminder based on what we've gone through in 2020. What a reminder that if you wanna do something, and I tell this to anyone, if you want to do something, you got to do it for yourself now, because you're assuming that everything is going to be just all right for you to hop into in 2021. And it's, it's just not the case. We just don't know when we're going to be called. And I, and I say this in the spiritual sense of we don't know when it's our time folks. And so, you know, a lot of what drives me is when I, as I really think about that, Mm -hmm. you know, I really think about that. And I, I went through an experience where uh, when I left my full-time corporate job, I also took care of my dad for a few months before he, he moved on to the next chapter. He had pancreatic cancer and Mm -hmm. I was working part-time in my business while I was, had left already full-time. So it was a very stressful time as you can imagine, but it also was that reminder of like, we just don't know when, you know not to end on a somber note here, but we, I say it because I think of that. And I think, wow, one, I'm very grateful that I was able to be there for my dad in that moment. But also seeing that, it reminded me that you you better do what you want to do on this earth, because you just don't know when our time is going to be called. And so if anyone here needs that, needed to hear that. And I say it out of love, like, do it for yourself, make make that action plan and do the action plan, right? Execute it, whatever it is for you. And even if it's not perfect, just put it out there because you just don't know. And we just all assume, and all of us, including myself, we just all assume we're going to be there for retirement. We're going to be there for this or be there for that. I mean, I got married during a pandemic because I said, I don't know. I don't know who's going to be around anymore." Mm-hmm. again. And, you know, that's it.
0: We did. That's it. amazing. I played well, it in six weeks, <laughs> by the way. You'll appreciate oh my, that. Oh my God. We have to talk about this. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> by the way, yeah, shout out to uh, Yodi, uh, my wedding
1: planner, but yeah, it was like oh, six yay. weeks. Um, Yep. And, and I tell you, everyone enjoyed it and I'll be posting on, on IG, my the video, they just released it today, but, but I That's say that amazing. to say what drove it is just me thinking like, man, well, what do we, if we wait for 2021, how do we know it's going to be any Better for people to gather. We just right. don't know, is my point, you know? And and I hope that inspires someone on this podcast who's listening, who's hanging out, having their coffee, maybe, um, walking around the house, maybe you're wiping down your counter and you stop and you think, man, I really want to do that thing, whatever it is. And I hope it just gets you going to think, what is the worst case scenario? And usually it's not that bad. You know that, Angela. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that bad. Whatever we paint in our minds, it's just worst case scenario, it's just not that bad. It's okay. Like you can do it, you know?
0: Yeah. You just have to get started. Yes. You just have to start. And it's like, if you sit around thinking, oh, I'm going to wait for this or I'm going to wait, guess what? It's never the right time or it's Mm -hmm. never the best time. You have to make it your time. (laughs) Just like you just said, it has, it really does. What do you want to do for you? and how do you want to impact others so this was so powerful and so amazing and i want to see your wedding pictures <laughs> i want to see your wedding video. that's amazing it's, i'm going to po- put i'm going to
1: post it i got a i've posted the photos like a, a couple weeks ago but i'm i'm going to post uh, the video so yeah as a wedding planner i will definitely love your input cuz you know we like i said we put that we put that bad boy together quick you know, it took, it took, it took all of me, but you know what I told somebody, if I didn't have a business, I don't think I could have done it that fast. Cause I was able to step away and uh-huh. you know, do things and run around. And if I had a nine to five, I just think I would have been, been I would have gone crazy, you know, yep. trying to plan it that quick, but thankfully I could, I mean, that's the beauty of having a business sometimes is I could step out of it. And I was so thankful that I that's could step awesome. out and just, you know, help kind of get, get it, get her done as they say, right? Like, get that's it. right.
0: That's <laughs> so, what we say in the South all the time. Get her done. Get her
1: done. I know. <laughs> I used to live there. So I'm like, I get it. I get it. I, I took some key phrases. So, but it's been awesome. I mean, Angela, I love what you're doing on IG. I told you that when we were even uh, not recording that I just, Thank I you. love that you're get you're you're out there and you're so visible. And I think that's such a great example to, to your audience.
0: Yay. Well, guys, I know you had lots of actionable takeaways today, and so we will put it in the show notes. Be sure to check out the Facebook group and just stop by, say hello. Let us us know your speaking goals and how you want to start getting out there because you just have to start somewhere.
1: If anyone out there is looking for a dynamic speaker for your organization or your business, definitely email me. It'll be in the show notes, or you can Facebook or LinkedIn message me, my name, no one else has it, both the Imam. You, <laughs> you are <laughs> the only one. Girl. I think I'm the only, uh, but I would love to, to learn more about your organization and how I could potentially help by speaking to them virtually or in person in 2021.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show Thanks, today. Thanks, Angela. Appreciate you. Everybody that's listening, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for listening and be sure to tune in next week to another episode of Business Unveiled. Bye, everybody. That's it for this week's episode of Business Unveiled. Now that you have all the tools that you need to conquer the world and GSD, get shit done, would you share this with your friends and fellow business leaders? One thing that would really, really help us and help new listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a comment in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in and listen to Business Unveiled. You can check out the show notes at angelaprofit.com slash podcast and link up with us on social media so you can share your biggest insights and I want to know your aha moments. Until next week, remember the profitable shifts and structures you're creating in your business help you be more present in your life. So get out there and GSD.